97X, the future of rock and roll with Social D, Ball and Chain, The Jam, and Jewel with Who Will Save Your Soul. Speaking of Jewel, you'll get a chance to see Jewel open up for Peter Murphy at Bogart's next Thursday. We'll have a meet and greet with Jewel before the show and dine Dave. on some Skyline Chili. Dave. Listen Dave. for your chance to... Yeah. Dave, sorry. Sorry yeah. to interrupt your right. reverie, but uh, yeah. that's that's not happening. No, no meet and greet and no Skyline fake meet either. So um, we're just... We're flashing back to our days when yes. we worked at 97X, but we mm-hmm. don't anymore, and the station no longer exists. Um, I'm in my party dungeon. You're in your palatial estate. Uh, it, it's not happening. Wait a second, though. It did, because yeah, Jewel is opening up for Peter Murphy at no, Bogart's on Thursday. No, no. I'm sorry. All right. No. But the good news is, Dave, we have one of our first returning guests the professor joins us once again, Robin James. Robin, so good to see you. Hey, y'all. It's great to be back. Uh, thanks for rejoining us. You know, after you were on the first time, uh, you talked about you were working on a 97X book and also perhaps pandemic allowing going to uh, present about the Modern Rock 500 at the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame on Memorial Day, which would be fitting because that's when we used to do the Modern Rock 500. So, Obviously, pandemic thrown a lot of things for a loop. So if you could give us an update on the book and the presentation, we'd love that. Sure, yeah, thanks for asking about that. So I'm really excited uh, that I have signed an advanced contract for the book with UNC Press, which means they have decided to publish it. They've dedicated to publishing it. It'll come out sometime <laughs> when I finished it <laughs> um, It'll in paperback and it'll be nationally distributed and um, bought by a bunch of libraries. And that's part of the reason why I went with UNC Press is because I want 97X to be preserved in libraries, uh, you know, for the future when we're all gone. So it'll be safe sort of for posterity there. Now, do you get to request the Dewey Decibel number? (laughs) (laughs) You know, I should have thought of that when I was signing the contract and put that in. Because I think a 97.7, you know, would have been kind of good. 97.7x, yeah, yeah. I thought you were going to say you wanted it to be in libraries so you'd know that Dave and Damien would never actually, you know, get their grubby (laughs) paws on it. Get Cheeto (laughs) dust on it, right? (laughs) <laughs> well it'll be safe and secure from you both too no oh well exactly um yeah so the um the book's gonna come out it's gonna have um about 20 images in it too so i think that'll be cool um i've been digging around in the in the Wayback machine looking at the old website um i've probably dove deeper into that website maybe than anyone should <laughs> but i found a lot of good um images uh there uh, to include in the book. Um, so the book's, the book's in process. I'm uh, currently writing a chapter. So I've written the whole sort of history of the station while it had a broadcast existence. And right now I'm writing about stuff like rumblings from the big bush or, um, you know, people sort of continuing 97X's legacy in various online forms. Um, so yeah, this, this visit is a bit meta cause I'm, <laughs> participating in the podcast that I'm also writing about. But yeah, so the book's coming along uh, well. Uh, The lecture is happening at some point in the future when we can all sort of be there physically, but 
the people at the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame don't know exactly when that is yet. Uh, we sort of decided in January that rather than do a virtual uh, lecture, that it would be important to sort of have this opportunity for people to get together because part of what's so sort of definitive of WOXY is the community of people. And I really wanted to be able to have an occasion for people to, to come together in real life, especially after all of this. So I will keep people updated on that as soon as I have any news. But I think we're still kind of just waiting to see um, what exactly the other side of the pandemic is. Keep us updated because that, that'd be a fantastic yeah. uh, to know about and share it with people because you're right. Uh, WXY was and is a community still. Uh, from the boards, from the listeners, it, from the musicians, from the DJs. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, yeah. Well, and one of the things I'm talking about in the book is saying that, like, because this community of people still exists, WOXY still exists, just in a different form. That is, that's a very neat sentiment, and I would have to agree, because honestly, David, I have talked about this many times. But the reason we decided to do a podcast, we'd get together, we'd talk about those old times, and it was such a fond place in our heart. And it was like, you know, there's other people that would probably like to hear this as well. So it, 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 you do still feel that sense of a connection. And when we get an email from somebody that says, I stumbled across your podcast, oh, I used to love it, I went to Miami, or I used to listen, you know, it's great to hear these stories and to hear those voices one more time. Yeah, yeah, and I will say, Dave, every time you have you start off the podcast episodes with your uh, flashback, like yes. that, like the sensory memory just comes back, and it, it like I'm almost transported back to my bedroom in Westchester, listening on my boombox. <laughs> in the <laughs> yeah, yeah, so it it really feels tangible again yeah. just um, to hear hear those sounds. You also mentioned, uh, before we got started here, you had a chance to, again, reach out to uh, Doug and Linda. So you mm -hmm. had a chance to tap into them and, and they'll be included, you know, rightfully so in the book. Oh, yeah, definitely. And in fact, uh, one of the nicest things anyone has done for me over the whole pandemic is Doug has been sending me archival finds uh, to help, you know, articles, some station uh, paperwork, things like that. So he's really helped uh, my research for the book. And uh, we've kind of started a correspondence. In fact, I have an email from him from yesterday that I have to get back to. Um, but it's just been really, it's meant a lot um, for him to share all that uh, with me. It's been one of the high points of, of the past year. Yeah. And, and Doug is definitely a better archivist than the rest of us that worked at 97X. You know, it's like, I think I have a bumper sticker somewhere or, you know, yeah. maybe, you know, Dave and I luckily still had some cassettes of our time on air. We're able to pull some of the stuff from that. We've, we played a few of the commercials or the liners or things like that. But as far as keeping the history, I mean, Doug did do a great job of documenting any sort of newspaper article or any sort of press. He, he would hang on to that stuff you can tell or i could tell <laughs> like definitely like it, it's a completest archive mm -hmm. but that's a dream yeah. come true as you know as you're working yeah. on the book right you know it's helpful yeah well and sometimes i would say like i'm thinking about this and he would send me an article that's like yes exactly that <laughs> wow wow so yeah it's been it's been cool like are you under any sort of deadline where it's like we need this book by this date 
Well, I, I got to negotiate a deadline as part of the contract. And I said, um, I said, I think September 1st, 2022, just because who knows, I'm, I know that deadlines these days need to be sort of, uh, realistic rather than ambitious. <laughs> um, as long as things continue to get better in the world, I expect I'll get done sooner than that. But I just wanted to give myself space <laughs> yeah. um, to, to do it right. You're still teaching classes as well, right? And is yeah. that all online or is there any in-person involved in that? It's all online this academic year. Um, and that's been, I think, rough for everybody. Um, I was just telling Dave, teaching is kind of like DJing in a club because you have to kind of have the, there's the feedback that you get from the crowd and that's a really essential part of doing it well. And without that, um, it's just, it's both difficult, but it's also like that's some of the most rewarding parts of teaching is that connection and that feedback. So that's hard. So I'm, I'm really excited to go back into an actual classroom uh, in the fall. Yeah, so I'm also teaching. Um, I also co-edit a, a journal, you know, so there's other administrative stuff, but um, this will be my fourth book. So I, I kind of know my workflow with that. So I, I hope it's done sooner than September 2022, but that's, that's the deadline I, the realistic deadline I gave myself in case who knows what happens. Yeah, exactly. What's the journal that you co-edit? Uh, the Journal of Popular Music Studies. Um, so, um, and in fact, if people are, it's behind a paywall, but if people are interested, just email me and I'll send you a PDF if you're interested in an article. For example, um, we published, I think this was last year, an article by fellow Lakota alum, uh, now music theory professor in uh, DC, Megan Lavengood. She published an article called What Makes It Sound 80s? And it's about the Yamaha DX7 and sort of like the role of that in sort of defining the sound of what we think of as 80s music. So that's like a really cool article. We published another one about sort of the role of dances in video games like Fortnite and stuff. So it's it's really fun um, to to sort of see all this awesome research about popular music. Now, have you both heard about the new artificial intelligence music? They've done the Nirvana. They've done the Doors. Have you guys both? No. A, a company has taken the algorithm and listened to every, you know, inputted every Nirvana song, and it's spit out a new Nirvana song. It's a four-song EP, and they do Nirvana, the Doors, Jimi Hendrix, and... Um, uh, the, uh, what, who's the uh, uh, go to rehab? Who sang that? Um, oh, Amy Winehouse. Amy Winehouse, the twenty-seven for the twenty-seven clubs, and it's quite interesting. I, I don't like it, but I could hear it and say that's Nirvana. And they've taken even the lyrics has made up the lyrics off that. So I want to find those people to help Robin out to do a <laughs> modern rock five hundred for the year twenty twenty one. And they could spit out exactly what that Modern Rock 500 would be after the last one went off the air. Creepy. Yes, <laughs> it is. Yeah, and I wonder, because like Kurt Cobain's dead, Amy Winehouse is dead, like there just seems like a consent thing there, right? Yeah. Like we're bringing people back mm -hmm. to life without any say so in it. It's just, yeah. 
But when I heard that, I thought this would help Robin out with a modern rock 500. <laughs> He's always thinking of you, Robin. Dave's yeah, very yeah. considerate <laughs> that way. I think the modern rock 500 was really about sort of preserving what WOXY was, like its library, mm -hmm. right? Like, and I remember thinking, like, I learned about the history of modern rock from that, right? Yeah. Like, I, my dad didn't like music. I was the oldest child. So, like, I didn't have a sort of mentor in that way. Um, so what I learned about music, I learned as a kid from listening to that, right? And that was my, that was my curriculum. Yeah, and I think it's about, like, my favorite modern rock 500s are the ones from the 90s where all the sort of, like, weird one-hit wonders from the past were still heard. You could hear them, like, I'm thinking, like, 88 lines about 44 women, yes. right? Like, that was, um, you know, sort of popular when it first came out, but not really well-known 10 years later. But the sort of learning that history was really important to me and it felt really distinctive, right? Like it was very different than the kind of history of post-punk that you get in like Simon Reynolds, uh, rip it up and start again book. Right. Yeah. So like, to me, um, that's what I value most about the, the modern rock 500. Yeah. And I think that's one thing that probably separates 19 separated 97 X from some of the other modern rock stations is, is some of that fringe type music where it's like down the middle, yeah, you're going to hear your REMs, you're going to hear your talking heads or whatever. Mm -hmm. But yeah, you're probably not going to hear the nails on a lot of stations or hear it as often as we played it at 97X. And it was still just that dash of spice. I mean, it didn't dominate our playlist, but those songs that remained in the rotation helped establish kind of a presence of like, oh, that's 97X. Yeah, yeah. No, and that's even um, affected, like, I remember... My husband, uh, he DJed for a while in the early 2000s. And I remember when he dropped James Brown is Dead, which I first heard Jay Foreman play it on um, Extra Beats. And I recorded it off the radio. And I he, I heard him drop that. And I was like, I knew I married the right person, right? So it even sort of affects, like, <laughs> you know, how I connect to people uh, today. Yeah. Well, one of the unique things from doing this podcast is um, – I've learned that from before my time there and, and even my time after after I was gone from the station that all the people that were programming and working with Doug and Linda really thought about the music more than I think a lot of the other modern rock stations. And, and we're one of the few stations that went back and played the Lou Reeds and the Velvet Undergrounds. A lot of those other alternative modern rock stations like FNX didn't really go back and you know pull out iggy pop and pull out that and, and put it into the playlist they just started from you know whatever date they went on the air yeah yeah and you you also see that in the modern rock 500 right like mm -hmm. there's, there's a really thoughtful sort of storytelling and in fact the there's more and more of that gets added as the years go by mm -hmm. right um so like the um, by 1999, there's a significant sort of revision of even the story of the 80s to really sort of think carefully about like influences on um, on the artists that you know throughout throughout the chart. Yeah. And, and another interesting fact I always thought about the music when you look back at it, uh, the station incorporated um, 
what's called now in the radio parlance adult alternative. We play Joan Armitrading, you know, yeah. Joan Hyatt, um, uh, some artists along those lines that uh, Marshall Crenshaw that, that uh, you know, modern rock stations wouldn't play either. Yeah. Yeah. And one thing I like to think about is how um, how you all defined your ideal listener was sort mm -hmm. of about their values rather than just like their basic demographics. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, so, and that, I think that really shaped, shaped the programming. Like you yeah. can see that. Yeah. The yeah. mission statement that Dave uh, talked about when we had Linda and Doug on. Yeah. It was, it was more about type of person than the type of music they listen to. So Robin, I think you said, so as, as part of your book, you're going to talk about rumblings from the big bush and like yeah. you had a couple questions for, for Dave and me. Yeah. Yeah. I thought, um, I might turn the turn the tables a little bit. <laughs> um, so you talked a little bit about um, sort of why you started the podcast, but maybe did you have any anything more you wanted to say about like what inspired you to to do the podcast? Yeah, it, you know, probably just a lot of idle time. You know, idle hands are the devil's <laughs> workshop. So, you know, our our kids are a little bit older now and more self sufficient, and but it would be just. Like anybody that worked at 97X, I think, as Dave mentioned, cared about the music a lot. So we still care about the music and the people that we worked with were just such a great batch. As, as you've, if you've listened to the podcast, you've heard these mm -hmm. people that we talked to since interesting people, you know, intelligent people, fun people. And it was just like, well, let's, let's just try this. Let's throw something together. Let's talk about that. I think it took a couple of episodes the first couple, if you listen to them now, it's Dave and I would probably cringe because it was just us saying, hey, remember that time this happened or whatever? But it was when we shifted the focus to let's talk to Steve Baker, let's talk to Julie Maxwell, Jay Foreman, and stuff like that, and hear their story, hear about their journey at 97X and beyond that really started to bring it to life and, and help the people that grew up listening to them like you did in Westchester really embrace that and, and reconnect with them in a, in a cool way. We, we uh, when we would go to shows together, Damien and I still hit a few shows a year of artists we like, uh, we would just start, as you said, talking stories, but then we would see listeners that we would recognize and start talking to them. Hey, what's so-and-so been up to? What have you been doing? What, where do you get new music? And we said, you know what? We should be talking about the station more often. So we started in uh, the party dungeon. Exactly. Yeah. No, <laughs> that's so cool because it shows how it's about it, the people. Yeah. Right. And that's even what started it. Right. Like the community never went away. Yeah. Oh, no. That's and true. and, and in, a, in a way, you know, kind of cast to the four winds. But you look at a, at a Dan Reed at WXPN or whatever, or Alec Castellini was on the air elsewhere. And now a lot, a lot of folks become professors, amazingly enough. <laughs> a lot of 97X fans become professors. So we were intelligent music for intelligent people, I guess. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> But it's just kind cool. of fun to hear those stories, you know, and, 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 and I think that spirit carries on in different places. Yeah. Yeah. Could you talk a little more about um, the spirit? Because one of the questions I had was like how the podcast reflects the values or that spirit that you associate with WOXY. 
Well, uh, first and foremost, it's very seat of the pants, as you realize today, <laughs> yeah. when it took me 20 minutes to get the damn audio figured out, you know, like with my janky setup here, you know, so it's just very much, you know, a, a Yeti microphone, some crappy headphones, and that's about it, you know, so it's, it's very lo-fi, it's not highly produced, you know, when Dave and I edit it, we just kind of listen through, maybe cut out a couple hiccups here or there, but kind of keep it pure to it. And so I, I think this, you know, the intent is to just like help people catch up with people maybe they haven't listened to in a long time and also just like help help people talk about their journey. And it, it, it's fun. They were cool back then. They're still cool. And it's fun yeah. to hear about how their life has changed. Uh, the other thing is, I feel like the podcast reflects the way the station sounded, in my opinion. Yeah. I mean, uh, we weren't flashy. We weren't. uh you know, as a matter of fact, sometimes I'll just walk away so it sounds like you can't get the signal for a while, and then I come <laughs> back. <laughs> and as you heard from a previous uh, uh, podcast, if there's a thunderstorm coming by, we got Mike. Yeah. Too. <laughs> um, I was emailing back and forth with uh, Jay Foreman, Julie Clay, and she was telling me how um, for the extra long post Lollapalooza extra beats. She was mixing by listening. She brought a boombox in to listen to the broadcast, right? And that's how she was mixing it. So yeah, very <laughs> seat of the pants. Oh yeah, you know, yeah. lo-fi. Yeah, and yeah, cool. And honestly, some of it, the spirit too, was just like, hey, let's just see what happens. Like, let's get together. We'll record a couple. We'll throw them out there. And like, we did very little promotion, and then just I think organically word of mouth people would hear about it and spread the word now did you ever go on that bnb uh, riverboat when we had the extra beat dance cruises did you <laughs> no. ever do one of those my parents okay. would have never <laughs> let me <laughs> well, well to show you how lo-fi it was um we couldn't actually spin records on a moving boat because they would right. skip <laughs> so we would actually go into the production studio and record a 90 minute maxell tape <laughs> and just plug in and hit play. And then when that song, last song ended, we would talk for a second as we queued up the other side. Thanks for coming out hit play again. That's amazing. Yeah. I had never thought of that, but yeah, I guess you really couldn't like mix vinyl on a boat. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, cert certainly not then, you know, but it, it, yeah. it kind of made for some awkward moments where, you know, somebody on the boat, hey, can you play? It's like, um, <laughs> don't really take requests. Can't. <laughs> yeah, sadly, I don't have that record with me. <laughs> yeah. Cool. Yeah, I'm actually thinking about um, once the book is done, because I've been talking to Shiv and apparently he has all of the Extra Beats playlists for like 20 years or something. Wow. Um, seeing if there's like writing a, a separate article just about Extra Beats, um, both because we have all that information, but honestly, that was like my favorite program <laughs> um, of the, the special programs. Um, yeah. Um, so I was wondering for y'all, and you can't answer Sunday Bloody Sunday. What's the song that sort of stands out for you as like an iconic, doesn't have to be the iconic, but an iconic 97X song? That's not Sunday Bloody Sunday. Oh, I can tell you right now, the one that uh, we picked uh, with uh, Doug and Linda, Sicilian Vespers, Bacala. <laughs> I don't know who else played that. I mean, 
when I hear that song, I can only think of 97 ads. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, I, I mean, I would agree because, yeah, that was such an oddball one hit, not even a hit, wonder yeah. type thing. And, and Dave's exactly right. Like, only 97X. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because it's, it's definitely funny. <laughs> <laughs> the, the other thing is, and you brought up uh, 97 Extra Beats, nobody ever played any songs like that, like the Beatmaster remix of Depeche Mode, uh, all those bands like 808 State and, and, and you know, KMFDM. Uh, you could go on. Um, no one played those, and those are all definitive. You could almost say not even a song, just some of the shows are definitive of 97X. Yeah. Yeah, well, I also, I also think about, like, what it means to have a radio station in the middle of nowhere, Ohio, that had a reggae, like, dedicated reggae program and dedicated blues program. Like, that's not what you think when you're driving around the cornfields of Butler County. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, I guess the cornfields of Butler County are now houses, but, you yeah. know, back then there were cornfields. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Not a lot of Rastaman vibrations coming out of the cornfields. No, no. You know what? They called uh, Dartown North Jamaica. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I remember driving through Dartown between Oxford and Westchester. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Did you stop at the Uh, live bait machine? (laughs) No. (laughs) No. We've kind of gotten, I guess by we, I mean listeners, um, have kind of gotten a sense of how um, the WOXY crew has kind of stayed in touch after um, the the station closed, but I was just wondering um, if you guys wanted to say a little more about that. Like, how do you all stay in touch? Um, we, uh, st- well, Steve Baker had a reunion a few years ago, probably six or seven now, um, and we were going to have one uh, this past 2020, uh, July 4th weekend, but COVID, so I don't think it's going to happen again this year, but we're hoping next year that we'll have a reunion and we'll plan on coming back. And I know that Julie uh, Maxwell would, would come in. I think Jay Foreman would, would, would come back for it. There's a few, few other people. I think Mike Taylor would probably fly in for this. Um, so, you know, that's how we like to stay together. Uh, and, and, you know, the ones that are still in the Cincinnati Dayton area, we actually see each other every once in a while at shows. Um, my son's band played last year or year and a half before COVID hit in downtown uh, Oxford. And, you know, quite a few of the people that were in the area came and, and it was great because Steve Baker introduced him and he did the whole oh, 97 wow. X, and he did the whole 97 X thing, just a quick thing. And, you know, I, I had my uh, goosebumps after that. Yeah. That, that. That's why we have him doing our 97 X rumblings from the big bush, just because yeah. he's iconic as far as that goes. Yeah. yeah. And then I think the other way we stay in touch is just the same as anybody else, you know, like a text. But a lot of times, you know, like a text chain will be triggered by, you know, hearing a song or or, or something that reminds you of something that happened at 97X. So it's like, oh, I know Rick Tile will will get a kick out of this. So let's shoot him a text or whatever. And then I know uh, there is a a Waxy, you know, alums page on Facebook. And I would say people are fairly active on that. And, and uh, you know, I was not a, you know, I was on the boards, but those boards people are still close together, like Phil Lacefield and them keep those things going uh, as well. It's, can I just say, it's amazing that 
this is basically like a work reunion. Like if you ask, like, I love my colleagues, but I don't know if, you know, 20 years from now, I'm going to want to like fly <laughs> somewhere to just be like, hey, remember the one time we were at work? Like, mm -hmm. that's amazing, right? Mm -hmm. yeah. that, uh, that the experience was so much more than just a job. Yeah. yeah. Well, and I think the people were wired that way. So you were just like, like you were, you were there for the purest of intentions because it wasn't yeah. for the money. So it's just like, hey, we really like this music. That's why, you know, Dave and I were in, in our 50s and we still go to quite a few shows because it's like, like music is my happy place. It brings me joy. Yeah. And the people that listened at 97X, like that was why it was fun to do a rock and bowl or whatever, is just to talk to the people and, you know, get to know them. And they were, you know, to a person, super cool. And we're finding out that uh, through this podcast, we're getting reacquainted. I've found more new bands and new music in the last year and a half of all of us chatting back and forth because it's so hard to find good new music. That's awesome. Please keep us posted on this book because you know we're going to let people know where to get it and and, and everything. I'm I'm really looking forward to this. Yeah, the I first, definitely will. Yeah, the first yeah. time we had you on, uh, we got a ton of comments, a ton in rumblings from the big bush, <laughs> which means five people or whatever. No, but th there was yeah. definitely a lot of interest. People were very excited that a book would kind of document what 97X was. So there, there's a lot of. Uh, pent up demand for this so the libraries <laughs> will be overrun with 97x fans <laughs> well we'd actually like to get a copy too because then we'd have the fifth caller could win a copy yes <laughs> <laughs> i'll be sure to comp you guys each copy. <laughs> yeah yeah I, but i will definitely um publicize the hell out of it good yeah and we will yeah. as well and you know like i think it, it's the same thing we talk about, you know, on this podcast. It's like this is we're not competing with Mark Marin or Joe Rogan, and that's not the intent. Yeah. But it's like, as I talk to Dave, we, we joke all the time. It's like, you know, we make like a hundred people very happy every couple of weeks when we put out a new episode. You know, because it's just like this is another chance to reconnect. Yeah, yeah. Well, and if like that should be the most important thing, right? Like. It's about sort of helping people, making the world better, making their world better. And that's part of what I'm trying to do with the book. Like, I think WXY means a lot to a lot of people and it deserves to be preserved. <laughs> oh, without know? a doubt, um, yeah. Because it, it was in the cornfield, you know, it was in Oxford, Ohio. It didn't have a great signal, never had great listenership. But, you know, that, that tribe that did listen, uh, it means a lot to them. So we appreciate the work you're doing to, to kind of Thanks. preserve it um, in history. Thanks. Yeah. I never thought I would be the person to do it, but I guess I am. So. <laughs> You're doing a fantastic job. Well, well thanks. That means know, a lot. You already have three books under your belt. So, you know, like, what's yeah. one more? Come on. It's not that tough. <laughs> well, it just took me a while to figure out, like, how to turn it into like what the idea behind the book was other than like because like I tell my students right like you have to have a topic but then you also have to have something clear to say about the topic and I didn't know what I was gonna say about it but in the process of researching that modern rock 500 article I realized like oh yeah I am the person to write this because the thing that made WOXY WOXY was it's idea of independence or its philosophy of independence right um and i i have the chops to talk about <laughs> what's 
ideas are and why philosophies matter. Robin, great catching cool. up with you. And I, like I said, a yeah. lot of people were excited yeah. about this. So um, we're excited. Thanks to, again. Uh, to, all right. It was great to chat. 97X. Things are going to start happening to me now. Rumblings from the big bush.